occasion of the bicentennial commemoration of Heinrich Schliemann's birth, the archives of the American School of Classical Studies at Athens present an online exhibition dedicated to his life and work accompanied by a series of podcasts. Our invited guests are academics and researchers who have delved into the life and work of Heinrich Schliemann. At the corner of Harilautri Kupi and Fideu streets in the heart of Athens stands one of the architectural jewels of the city center. The building, which houses the German Archaeological Institute, is closely associated with Heinrich Schliemann. Today, we will explore this connection with our invited guest, Dr. Katja Sporn, the director of the German Archaeological Institute in Athens since 2014. Dr. Sporn is a classical archaeologist who has published extensively on ancient Greek sanctuaries, funerary architecture and burial customs, especially on Crete. She is also the director of the German Schultz Excavations at Kalapodi in Fokis. Dr. Sporn, thank you for accepting our invitation. For our less familiar listeners, may I please ask you to give us shortly some facts about the German Archaeological Institute, its long history, presence and archaeological work in Greece. Well, the German Archaeological Institute in Athens was established in 1874 and normally the first German excavation was conducted in 1875 in Olympia, not by the Institute but by um, colleagues from Germany, from Berlin. Um, soon after, uh, further large excavations were started in Tyrins in 1905, in the Keramikos of Athens in 1917, in the Horion of Samos, the famous sanctuary, the international, most international sanctuary, let's say, of Greece in 1925, and in the 1970s in the sanctuary of, of Kalapodi in Phthiotida, which is uh, an, a sanctuary with a, an especially long durée. Um, the focus of the interest of the German Archaeological Institute in the first years of its um, existence in Greece was mainly on gathering material um, dispersed in Greece on sculpture, on vases, on inscriptions and publications, something which is very German, these corpora works. Um, in the last years, the interest of uh, the research at the Institute um, uh, tended towards more landscape archaeological approaches in nearly all the sites we explore, uh, including studies on climate changes. Now that we have set the ground, let's turn our attention to the building and its history. Could you please share with us the Schliemann connection to the history of the building? Yes. Well, when the institute was established in 1874, it didn't have an own house. They rented out a house in Academia Street, which turned out to be not cozy enough, let's say. It was too small, it was too cold, there was no heating, uh, there was not enough space for the library, which was growing faster and faster. Um, so they tried to find a solution for that. Uh, through the acquaintance and the friendship between Schliemann and Dörpfeld, Schliemann offered a proposal to the German state, which it could not deny. Uh, he proposed to build on his own expenses uh, a house for the institute if the German government would agree to rent it out for 25 years. And this happened in only one year's time, 1887 to 80, 1888. Uh, the building was uh, completely finished. And after 25 years, the German state 
um, bought it for the German Archaeological Institute. In our archive, in our scientific archive held in the German Archaeological Institute, we don't have many material on Schliemann, but we have something very interesting, which I just came across uh, recently. Um, when Schliemann was deciding for for the house, he tried, he wanted to to um, to build in a, a stone in in the foundations of the house which you, you used to do. And normally you write something on top of it, but he didn't know what to write. And, uh, and he sent a small message to Athanasios Orusopoulos, a famous philologist and archaeologist in Athens back then, uh, asking him, what should I write there? And, uh, and we have the answer of Orusopoulos um, telling exactly what he should write, which is Themelios Lithos Germanicu Archaeologicu Amwakiu Erichu Slimano, Athenesi T, and then the date, 12th of August 1887. Since we don't know where this foundation stone is, we don't know whether Schliemann really put this on top of the stone, but it uh, seems to be like that. Amazing story. Thank you very much for sharing this with us. Well, Schliemann and Olympia. Ernst Mayer mentions it somewhere in his biography of Schliemann that in the Peloponnese, among other sites, he had set his eyes upon Olympia as well, maybe in one of the trip, sometime in 1870. Do we know why this plan failed? Did he abandon the prospect because he had the, you know, the permit to excavate Troy by then? When did the German Institute actually decide to apply for permission to excavate Olympia? Well, Germany and Olympia, this is a long story. It already started in the 18th century with Johann Joachim Winkelmann's plans to conduct excavations in the area to find Olympia. Johann Joachim Winkelmann is the father of German archaeology, but he never managed to come to Greece because he died on his way there. Then, um, in the early 19th century, there were various ideas on excavation excavations in Olympia, first by Leo von Klenze, the architect in 1821, and then by first uh, Pückler von Muskau, a person who has traveled extensively in Greece and the Near East and Northern Africa. Um, he had a more romantic idea about um, excavation, excavating there. Ernst Curtius would be the first uh, who made a more detailed plan and who would finally make it to the final contract and the start of the German excavations. He spent his first visit on the site in 1838 already, when he was very young, and since then it was his dream to conduct excavations there. He gave a famous flaming speech on the necessity of um, Prussian excavations in Olympia in 1852 and Ludwig Ross, who was um, before um, um, Ephoros um, on the Acropolis of Athens and on the Peloponnese and the first uh, professor of classical archaeology at the University of Athens, uh, he also made in 1853 more accurate plans. The problem was, as always, the funding. They were thinking about various options, lottery and subscriptions, but this all would not work out. The new plans in 1868 were impeded by the Crimean Wars. 
and in 1869, the Prussian crown prince Friedrich uh, had talked to the Greek king George on the plans on excavating in Olympia and they already like kind of agreed on basic, in basic lines. And some years later, the, the, the official negotiations with the, with the state um, of Germany started in 1873. And exactly in this year, in July of this year, Schliemann made a proposal to the Greek state Uh, he said he would like to excavate there and would like to have the permit to excavate there. And in exchange, he would give all his collections of Trojan antiquities to the Greek state. And on top of it, he would uh, spend quite an, an amount of money for establishing a Schliemann Museum. Uh, the Greek state denied because there were already these negotiations But Schliemann would not give in. Like he also tried to convince uh, the king, but the king again would not be convinced. And then in the next year, when the contract, the German contract, the German Greek contract was already settled in 1874, um, he um, published a famous article in, uh, in, an, in an English newspaper called Antiquity where like he, he said how proper excavations should be made in Olympia because he regarded himself to be, you know, one of the first proper excavators and these young people coming there from Germany, they would not know. And of course, Kurzius, who had uh, got the permit to excavate there with Adler as an architect, he was not very amused. There were two different worlds, I would say, Kurzius and Schliemann. So this is how Schliemann never managed to excavate there. He, his first visit in Olympia was, as far as I know, in 1881 when Dörfeld was there. Well, you mentioned earlier William Dörfeld as well. Heinrich Schliemann and Dörfeld. He was the architect together with Ernst Siller of the German Archaeological Institute uh, at Athens. Would you like to comment upon their relation as well? I mean... When did they first meet and collaborate? Dörpfeld was also the one who escorted Schliemann's body uh, from Naples, where he died, in Athens. Well, what we know about their, their first contacts is based on what you keep in, in the archives of the Gennadius Library. Because the first um, letter from Dörpfeld to Schliemann is from 1879. So they must have known each other already then. They first collaborated in 1881 uh, in Orchomenos. Um, Dörpfeld was engaged to, to draw the ceilings of the famous Minyas uh, grave in Orchomenos, which he did and he published together with some colleagues of his. And then in 1881, uh, Schliemann convinced him to work for him as an architect in Troy, which he did a couple of years later. But then um, Dörpfeld, who was still very young then, he got a more permanent job at the German Archaeological Institute, which in the first years he could combine with his uh, work in, in Troy. Uh, and he even would start uh, working with him and excavating with him in Tiryns, uh, which later became one of the German um, excavations in Greece. Um, of course, when Dörpfeld became uh, first, second and then 
uh, first director of the institute uh, in the um, 1880s. Of course, he could not be architect of, the, of uh, Schliemann anymore, but they still seem to be close, let's say, scientific friends. They, they maintained their friendship. And uh, we know that, um, and this also according to our archival material, that Dörpfeld helped out um, sending the collection, his collection, to Germany. So he and his colleagues um, wrote down what was in, kept in every um, cupboard and, and um, everywhere. And even after his uh, sudden death, after Schliemann's sudden death, it was him, it was Dörpfel, who personally went down to Piraeus and put all the collection on the boat in order that it would go to Germany. And he managed to, to keep some of the doubles of Troy for the collection of the German Archaeological Institute. It's not much and it's not good pieces, but there are some pieces of, of Troy in the German Archaeological Institute. That's a lasting relationship as well. Well, the ASCC archives have been the recipients of requests from several institutions and representatives of the press for material regarding Schliemann in order to commemorate the bicentennial of his birth from Germany. How would you comment on the continuous interest in the German people uh, in his life and work? How is he remembered in the collective memory of the German people? Well, I would say the collective memory now in, uh, um, in regard of the bicentennial of the 200 years of his, of, after his birth uh, is getting more big again, let's say. So I would n not think that normally many people in Germany would particularly think about Schliemann as opposed to Greece, of course. This has to do with the role of classical archaeology in, you know, in, in, in Germany in general. Um, of course, um, people in Germany, they might know the stories about the, the treasury of, uh, of Priamos, which was eventually in Germany and is not in Germany anymore, and all the history, <laughs> what, what had happened to the gold. And I think most of school, the school people in Germany would know Sophia's, the picture of Sophia with the, the gold and so on. Um, uh, now there are m coming out many books and uh, presentations on on uh, Schliemann uh, in this year, and um, this is good also for archaeology and for the um, the acceptance of archaeology in publicity. Um, because uh, people talk about archaeology, people see what, can, what archaeology can do, and people see how archaeology has changed during the last uh, 200 years. Dr. Sporn, thank you very much uh, for, uh, for being here today.